Oh, no she didn't. I don't have to win a beauty pageant for people to know who the real queen is. Hello everyone and welcome to my Game of Crowns recap finale. No, it's over already. I know, Molly and I have enjoyed it so much watching this season of Game of Crowns. It's been very contagious, huh, Molly? All right, I'm your host, John Richardson. Not only check out our Game of Crowns content, but all of our Bravo content at yourrealityrecaps.com slash Bravo. It's all there, all our fabulous stuff. All right, we've watched the season finale. We've seen what's happened. Shelly won Legends, duh, we knew she would. And we've gone all season about Len and Leah and hiring a, a private investigator. And finally, we get some results. Thankfully, when the judge heard the evidence on both sides, it was all thrown out as being completely ridiculous. Having to prove yourself against baseless lies is hard and hurtful, even when you know the truth. Unfortunately, the judge did rule in Lynn's favor. Even though he thought that I was in fear for our safety, our physical evidence just wasn't there. So he did rule that the restraining order would be lifted. You did a great job. You were very, very honest. Nothing hide. Nothing hide. We're very disappointed in the fact that we didn't get it. But my ultimate goal is for Lynn just to stay out of my life at this point. Oh my gosh, so this restraining order was thrown out. Nothing was proved. Leah says it doesn't matter. Lynn says it does. Check out my chat with Lynn where she discusses this and everything else this season on Game of Crowns. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be sitting down with Lynn Diamante. We have so many burning questions. We've just seen the season finale episode. Oh my goodness. Lynn, how are you doing? Hi, John. I'm great. And thank you so much. I love your show. You're hilarious. So thank uh, you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you so much for being on. Oh my gosh. What a, a first season of Game of Crowns. Can we take a moment to sigh in relief? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, can we take 12 months oh. until the, the next season oh. comes out? Wow. Oh, goodness. Who knew this much was happening in pageants? Oh my gosh, so much. Yeah, it's um, it's been dramatic. We could definitely say it's been dramatic. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, we've gotten a lot of questions from you. Of course, we've gotten a lot of stuff from social media you're very active on that too it's been fun i have been just love chatting with you and interacting with you on that but a lot of the questions that we received is um do you still have your tea room and how often do you use it because i love it <laughs> i do i do i do have my tea room and you know i just i just have to say i i think it's funny i think that it's a really fun thing to, to make jokes about. And I welcome that because it's amusing. And basically, you know, it's a room in my house that I had always wanted to do something special with. And it could have been a yeah. living room. It could have been another home office. But I just felt like painting my walls blue and slapping some gold decorations on the ceiling and calling it a tea room. <laughs> so 
I want, I know, I want my own tea room myself. I thought it was fabulous. I I think it's funny because, you know, it's, my daughter has a lot of, you know, tea parties in there with her little friends. It's just a place to go. And I think it's fun because there was so much, so much criticism and so much harshness on the social media about, oh my gosh, who does she think she is? She has a tea room. Oh, that's so ridiculous. That's so over the top. But, you know, I think everyone missed the point. It's just, it's just a room yeah. in my house, you know, and it was just fun. And I get it. That's all That's all part of the game and part of the fun that surrounds a show like <laughs> this. That I just have to sit back sometimes and laugh because some of, yeah. you know, a lot of the analysis of the show is, like, so serious. Like, they're, you know, analyzing UN peace treaties. They're trying to cure a serious <laughs> disease when, when, in fact, it's reality TV, you know. But, but, yes, I do still, to answer your original question, I do still have my tea room in it. Good. <laughs> well, welcome to reality TV. I it, know. How has it been? How has it been? What's some of the good? What's well, we know a lot of the bad already. Like, but, yeah. Well, I mean, what, what's been some it, of the good things you've taken away from all this? I mean, it's you know, it has been fun. I mean, I have to say, you know, it's a great opportunity. I know that lots and lots of people all over the country would feel very blessed to have an opportunity to be on a reality show. And I, I certainly do um, value the experience of participating in it. And um, obviously having two best friends on the show was also a bonus. Lorianne and Susanna are the sweetest, most amazing ladies you could ever ask to be friends with. So, you know, to that end, and also filming the show, the whole process of filming the show was a fun thing. Um, it's all, you know, in, in general, it's been an interesting and on the whole, a, a good experience as far as a learning experience. Um, but, you know, I do have to say I, I was surprised because I do follow other Bravo shows, obviously, and enjoy um, watching some of the social media that goes on behind the scenes for that. And I don't think I've ever seen such, you know, I don't know if I want to go and say viciousness, but such really forward um, opinions from from fans of of you know, or maybe I shouldn't say fans of the show. You know, so. it's, it's been a, it's been interesting. You know, I mean, I think you know, I just I think there are so many more important things in the world that people could focus on and yeah. spend time on. And of course, when you open yourself up to reality TV, yes, you do open yourself up to criticism, both good and bad. And of course, that's everyone's right to freedom of speech to do that. But, you know, you, you see some of this stuff and some of these people seem a little bit obsessed and that's kind of interesting. <laughs> but. No, it, it, it amazes me how much time people have. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Who has that kind of time to just kind of dissect just certain little things? And it's just like, you know, just look in the mirror, you know, and I, you know what? And to answer your question too, you know, because I watch everything Bravo and yeah. especially like with the housewives, they do get this kind of thing too. So, yeah. And I mean, I have to say, yeah. you know, as, as a participant in the show, we're grateful for our fans. So good or bad, we're grateful for the attention. So I, I you know, I wouldn't Absolutely. necessarily say it's a negative thing because I know, you know, when you jump into a reality show, you go in with your eyes open and you have to have a thick skin and good or bad, having attention and fans and or critics of the show is always a good thing. But it was, you know, for me personally, I, I sort of come from a different kind of world. I, you know, I run a business and I raise a family, so I don't usually see tons of, you know, I don't know how to say negative, maybe things, you know, specifically, but then you get, you know, obviously you see a lot of positives too associated with this. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've got a question from Twitter from Tyler Hayes at Tyler Hayes, um, Tyler underscore Hayes. 
And he's asking your, your renew Val, your wedding was fabulous. What are your plans for your next one? <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, that was the first, it was actually an anniversary party is what it was. And we, we threw the renewal in there and that was the first time we ever invited guests um, to one of our renewals. And we, I, I don't know if there will be a 16th. Um, I would probably say there won't be because this one really did the job for what we were trying to do. Um, I know that you know this, John, from watching the show, but my father's death was yes. in very close proximity to my original wedding. And um, yes. it was always just kind of a mixed memory. I mean, I don't think it was as dramatic as, you know, people who were analyzing it say it was. It was just it was just a bad memory for me. And a lot of people like to have an anniversary party for a milestone, like for a 15th or 20th or a 25th anniversary. And for me, I just preferred to do it sooner rather than later. So we had the 15th year renewal. It was wonderful. It was in a beautiful enchanted garden. Um, and yes, there were gargoyles, but again, you know, like I there said, was. I mean, again, if, you know, if you, if you miss the point of the joke, kind of, and, you know, kind of miss the point of the joke. It was an enchanted garden. I mean, what's there not to laugh about? But um, as far as answering um, your questions from your viewer, I don't think there'll be a 16th because, you know, all the other attempts, all, all the other 14 that we had prior to this one, were they were just fun and funny things that we randomly did on a weekend in Las Vegas when we were away to celebrate our wedding anniversary. And those were not things that were planned. It wasn't like there was a sit-down dinner. There were never any guests. It, it wasn't like that. So um, this was the 15th, and this was the one that accomplished everything I wanted to do. And although it would probably be fun to do more renewals, maybe for our 20th or something like that, um, I definitely don't think there'll be a 16th. Although someone tweeted at me that I should do an underwater vow renewal. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, Everyone looks was, good underwater, right? Like with the, with the limbs and the mermaid. flowing have, hair and everything. I have the mermaid here. I have the long blue mermaid here. So I should think about that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, if you need someone to read and do a little comedic recap, I am available. Just I let me know. <laughs> okay. Okay. For my 20th wedding anniversary, maybe I'll do that. Awesome. Awesome. All right, so let's get into some of the questions that we forgot because there's been a lot of drama going on in, in the season. Okay, so um, all the girls kind of placed the bets. They were sitting at the table talking about Leah being a 40-footer, blah, blah, blah. You didn't participate in it. That's what we saw on on the show. No, Yet when you kind of sat, you didn't. And when you sat down with Vanessa after kind of letting Leah know what the girls had said, you had your sit down with Vanessa. Um, people were saying online that you seemed kind of defensive. Um, what was the sit down like with Vanessa? I know that she was trying to say, listen, you're the one that kind of threw us under the bus um, with the comments. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Can I just sort of address this as a whole? Because I think I just yeah, want to give you a little background. Um, I, yeah. you know, I do, I do stand by the fact that I never called Leah any terrible names. I never called her any of those things that Vanessa and Shelly were saying about her at that dinner table. And I do stand by the fact that even though, you know, making a bet may have not been a really nice thing to do, I did say that I thought Leah would make the top three. I did say that. Um, mm -hmm. And if you remember from watching the show in the audience, when, you know, Shelly and Vanessa are laughing and celebrating that Shelly won the bet, 
I'm sitting there bewildered because I was really disappointed Leah didn't make it. And I, I was a really good friend to her and a supporter. And I, you know, I stand by that. I have no ill will, despite everything Leah has done to me, I have no ill will towards her. Um, so having the sit down with her, um, you know, at Bezos Tea House where, where we filmed that scene, I felt that she was being lured into a lion's den. I felt that, you know, Vanessa and Shelley really were not her friend. And I certainly never meant to hurt Leah. I know that that's how it might have come across in the edit or, you know, however it was shown. But I just felt that as her friend, she needed to know what was said behind her back. I wasn't trying to hurt her. I guess I was trying, I don't know, maybe in my own bizarre way to help her to understand that these people really were not her friends. Um, and I guess it was just, I guess it just didn't come across right because how many times has that been replayed on the show now? Oh my God. Um, even as we go through the, you know, even as we go through the episode, you still see, I mean, what is Vanessa doing? She's eating a parfait when Leah's telling her about the restraining order. Um, what does she do? She, she takes her to get Botox because she says it'll help her look less harsh. I don't know. Is she really trying to be her friend or is she, does Vanessa have something else in mind? I don't know, but I can tell you that I never had any bad intentions um, towards Leah. And it's unfortunate that Leah didn't really know the whole story. I, you know, I, I don't know if she knows now after having watched the episodes, but you know, it was difficult for her to, to see her descending her husband's actions and sort of going against her friends. And again, I do understand that, but she never got to see what was happening in the audience of that pageant. And she, you know, she didn't see a lot of things that, that had gone on. So it was a difficult situation. And yeah. I'll have, you know, I'll have to say it was a difficult situation, particularly because I did have a great friendship with her and it was disappointing to me to lose that friendship. So. No, and it's tough. It's tough to lose a friendship. Absolutely. All right. So, yeah. My next question, and I want you to kind of go in a little bit of detail because you've kind of been scrutinized a little bit this season for, and I, my hand is in quotes and you'll see it on the episode and you'll also see the crown I'm wearing as well. Um, I, I want you to kind of tell, tell us a little bit about what goes into when you, you send in and you're applying for a crown. Um, yeah. It's been alluded that you just you just go and you just write a check and you get a crown for that state. But I think there's a little more detail into that, right? There is. And what happens is that these large franchises like the Mrs. United States pageant or the Mrs. International pageant or even the Mrs. Galaxy pageant, um, in some cases, they don't have a state director physically present in every state. They might have a gap. Someone might have given up the business for a year or they might have um, a state that just hasn't uh, had the opportunity to recruit a state director. A state director is the person who puts together the physical pageant in the state, where, wherever the, the pageant is held. So um, there have been state directors for my system, for the Mrs. United States system in the past, both in Massachusetts and in Rhode Island. But for the past couple of years in Rhode Island, or for the past few years maybe, and also for this past year in Massachusetts, they do not currently have a business person running those state franchises in our state. So it's it's physically impossible to compete in a state pageant. Therefore, the only way you can compete when there is no state director is to apply for what they call an at-large title. And that title is selected through the national office. So the national office puts together a committee of, you know, either beauty, talent, or pageant experts, 
and they review all of these applications that are sent into the national office. And yes, you do send in a fee to be considered, but you also pay a fee to enter a state pageant. So I'm not really sure where the discrepancy is, is that you pay for your title because anyone who's ever entered a state pageant, whether it's physically in the state or mailing in for at-large applications, they pay a fee as well. There's an entrance fee. So everyone pays a fee to enter a state pageant. So that's one myth I would like to dispel. Um, and then with the at-large delegation, the national committee goes through all of your credentials. They look at your merits, your accomplishment, your awards, your physical paper application. You have to send in photos and videos of yourself in both evening gowns and swimsuits. You have to do a phone interview. In some cases, you have to Skype. So in many cases, the procedure for them to select an at-large delegate takes a much longer time, and it's a much more for um, in-depth process for them to look at everything that is involved in that state delegate-making yeah. application. Um, for a physical pageant in a state, basically, you just show up there with your typed application. It's almost like a dry, it's in and out in a couple hours, and they crown a winner. So I understand yeah. and I accept the criticism of saying someone saying it's a male-in crown, but it's really not. I mean, it's, it's really um, well, I don't unfair think in many ways. I think you're going through it the same kind of criteria. It's just done in a different way. You're not just writing a check and then getting a crown in the mail like you would yeah, a secret no, order ring nothing, if we were kids, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not mail order shopping, and that's what the critics would have yeah. you believe. And it, you know, it was okay for me personally. I have really enjoyed a lifetime of pageantry. They kind of joke about me being a pageant lifer. I am. I started as a kid. I loved it. It was always great. It was always fun. I won tons of money for scholarships. I paid my way entirely through college and most of my way through law school. And it was just, it was amazing to participate in pageants. I made a lot of friends. I saw very little negativity in pageants. Um, so, you know, whether you're an at-large delegate or you've won in the physical state competition, there's just so much to be gained from pageants in general. And I certainly hope that, I hope the show is giving people a positive look at, as well at pageants, as well as, you know, some of the drama that can happen between friends. But, but let me just say this, pageants don't, have a lot to do with um, the drama or any of the things that have occurred between the six of us. It, that just happens because we're six strong personalities. So, so I still stand by saying that pageants are great. And I, you know, I know that my, you know, my biggest opposition of the at-large title um, has been Vanessa. And that's kind of ironic because Vanessa competed in Mrs. Earth several years ago, and they did not have a physical state pageant for Mrs. Earth in her region. So she actually applied to be an at-large delegate, or as she would call it, a male in crown. Um, so, you know, I just, I'm not really, I'm not really sure why. Oh. What's that? I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, my mouth just dropped. I was picking it up off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> that is yeah. good to know. See how we're getting the inside scoop from Lynn at your reality recaps? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's good to know. And that question was from Dana Goodyear at dgoodyear1975 on Twitter. All right. A couple more questions, Lynn. You are doing so good. We're learning so much. So a lot of the early... Good, good, good. A lot of the early controversy that came up after the betting and everything is that you were threatened. Now, we saw on on our TVs, on Bravo... That Nick's father, we learned, we realized later with the dubbed in voice, um, and I can't tell you. Um, were you actually threatened too, or did you think he was speaking to you? 
or was he speaking to you? Well, yeah, he. Because we you know, all thought it was Susanna. Okay. Yeah, that was you know I'll 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 give you some background on that too. Um, yes, okay. a lot of things were said. Um, yes, I was threatened in many different ways. Um, it's completely inappropriate in every way that a grown man was screaming profanity at women in an audience of a civilized event where people were sitting there. Um, I will say this. There is many, many hours of reality shows are filmed, and that has to be edited down into a, you know, one-hour show or less with commercial breaks. And, you know, I think if you watch the episode very carefully, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, things might become clearer as far as exactly what happened that evening. Um, you know, yes, absolutely. I mean, I've, you know, I've seen a lot of talk and a lot of questioning about what really happened that night. And for the purposes of not getting involved yeah. in, in a spoiler alert or whatnot, um, you know, yes, Susanna's husband's life was threatened. Um, yes, I was threatened. We got up to exit the auditorium. Um, I think you can see some of that where, you know, Nick gets up and he says, I don't want them going near my wife. I don't want them going back there. Why are they going back there? Um, you know, I, I will say that history repeats itself. Um, I don't know if you're familiar. I've heard, I've seen Vanessa about this in the press, so I guess it's out there now. Um, there was an incident of an ear biting at the premiere party where Nick, you know, basically yes. bit the ear of Vanessa's husband. Mm -hmm. um, it's one thing to get into a boy fight and throw a couple of swings at each other at a bar brawl. It's an entirely different thing when you're cannibalizing someone's body part. So, um, yeah. and, you know, and, and, and doing a Tyson, right? It's doing a Tyson. <laughs> he did a Tyson. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's just something is going on there. You know, I, I don't want to get into territory of, saying yeah. things about somebody but you know if you right. google his name you'll you know he's a police officer in rhode island or was a police officer if you google his name you'll see all kinds of interesting things in the media about his uh history shall we call it with events that were less than savory that occurred during his time on the force um so you know without getting it again without really i don't want to get into any ugliness yeah. i'll try to keep it light for you sure. but this is a person who I am frightened of. And, um, you know, the incidents that are shown during the show should give a clue. I mean, for Nick to be pacing back and forth in front of the restaurant and for Leah mm -hmm. to be telling us that was the babysitter, um, you know, for him to come up to me in a back room where women were changing after a pageant and start yelling at me and calling me a liar and basically pointing his finger in my face. And then you can see when he walks away from that in incident that he he pushes on his daughter and he says to Leah she's a lot you know you don't push on a child you don't you don't do that <laughs> you know and specifically you know yeah. going back to the earlier episodes using that kind of profanity in front of his children I mean this is not a nice man um so I'm not really sure why there's any question as to what happened or whether he threatened me or what went down but it, right. None of it. None of my interactions with him were ever pleasant, and I never provoked him, and I never answered him back, and I never did anything but just sat quietly and took it. And um, it's not a good. Did situation. he make you? Did he make you nervous enough to hire a private investigator? Well, this is the thing. I never ever hired a private investigator, and I don't understand where that came from. You know, I will tell you that when the, the whole restraining order thing went to court, and let me just tell you, John. Mm -hmm. 
that ripped my life apart. I mean, that's no joke. This was not something that someone should have been doing as, as something funny to yeah. keep someone out of a pageant. She filed something that ripped my life apart. And I mean, this had nothing to do with the filming of the show. She did this to keep me off set and to be a spiteful person. Real. She went down to the court and she filed a fraudulent document. I don't know how that document got through because I am going to actually release the whole entire court transcript of my case as it went through. I'm going to put that out there. It's public record anyway, but I'm going to release yeah. it so it's easy to find. And you will see in my court case that we'll when I'm on, on our the site stand, too if you want. I'm sorry, what was that? We'll put it on our site too if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to, yeah. I'll send you copies. And, I, you know, I'm going to release that whole thing with certain areas highlighted. And like I said, it's public record, the court transcripts, public record. And in the court case, the judge asks Leah and Nick when they're on the stand. I mean, believe me, John, when I tell you, I went through like, a, you know, it was like a trial. I mean, it was a horrible thing that I was put through for someone's amusement for whatever was in her yeah. head. And the judge asks them in, in the court, you know, do you have evidence that she hired a private investigator? No. He even asks them the name of the person that told them, and they can't even tell the judge when they're on the stand under oath. So it's just a bunch of phony baloney. I never hired anyone, no one associated with me, none of my colleagues, none of my associates, none of my family, no one in any relation, no one that I know ever hired anyone. I can't possibly be clearer about this. Um, I'll tell you, not too many things. I, I try to have a thicker skin and I try to take this for what this is, mm -hmm. but this was something that went above and beyond and way outside of a reality show. Um, this was detrimental to my life. This this was, you know, Leah states in her confessional that these things are life-altering. She's the one who altered my life. You don't go into court and file a fraudulent document when you know it's not true. And, you know, ultimately, the restraining order was thrown out of the court. And yeah. that's because yeah. she didn't have a shred. She had nothing. And the judge in my case even questioned how it got through. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. But I don't know. Okay, as, I, an, as an attorney, John, I don't know how it went through yeah. because you can't just walk into a courtroom, you know, and that's one of the things I've been seeing a lot of stuff up on people's social media is, oh, you don't just get a restraining order without evidence. Well, you do. And if you read my court transcript, you'll see that the judge has no clue how the thing went through because she walked in there without physical evidence. You know, she, she said in this thing, she was afraid I was going to uh, poison her or drug her food or drinks. Um, in the restraining order, I'm afraid she'll yes. put something in my yes. drink. You you can't state that in a document, in a court document that you sign. Yeah. You know, you, it's a signed affidavit that you know these statements to be true. You can't state that kind of thing without having evidence. I've never in my life used, purchased, held, touched an illegal drug ever. And she's stating in there that I'm going to drug something that she's drinking. I mean, she should have had documents to give to the original judge who was granting the restraining order that said, you know, yeah. here's here's Lynn's record. She had roofie or whatever, you know. It's not. Well, no, I mean, it's it's kind of frightening that people can just almost put anything that they want in there with really out any proof, which is why you go to court. Yeah. And in, in your case, it was thrown out. But I know we kind of need to wrap it up a little bit. Great. Lynn, you are so great to talk to, so easy to talk to. You're as fabulous from your your highlighted smurftastic hair to your gorgeous <laughs> cleavage. I'm like the gayest you can be, and I myself could not stop looking. They're just beautiful. The girls are absolutely gorgeous. 
Thank you so much for taking the time. <laughs> hair and boobs, and I love it. Thank you so much for taking the time to me, and we're out. Oh my gosh, Lynn, you were so hilarious. I loved chatting with you, and you were quite the person to be remembered this season on Game of Crowns. Forever will your wedding be burned into my head with the gargoyles. All right, our final clip is after the whole court thing goes down, Leah decides she wants to round the girls up for a last and final dinner to kind of hash things out. And we learn all kinds of stuff. I mean, obviously you have like a stalker. A stalker. That is what this is about? Wow. You know what, Leah? Next time, do your homework before you go around taking legal action against innocent people. What purpose would it serve me to hire a private investigator to follow you, Leah? To dig up dirt what? on me, to dig up Why dirt on Why would I need Nick. dirt on I you? I don't know. I don't You're even sitting think there about stating you, that my Leah. husband threatened to kill you directly. What is the misunderstanding? What was it that but I misunderstood what? when you made that accusation? What? Leah, there was a lot of yelling at Mrs. America. Okay. And then there was a second incident at Miss New England State. Okay? And that's when he threatened you. I'm just trying to figure out what the miss, I mean, I could see if she said maybe I didn't hear it. I've offered many times to sit down with You've all offered of once and you and I sat down. My husband wasn't present. And you and I sat down and you still wouldn't answer my question. This if has you been decided in a court, Leah. You took but me to court. has not been decided. Been You're going back to the restraining order, yes. In a court of law, the restraining order obviously has been decided. It has nothing to do with my husband. Nothing then why, to do with why do we need you Why does I. that have to be here then? Why do we need to bring your husband into this? Why do I have to bring? Maybe it's just not getting registered at this point. I drink food because I want to eat so bad. No, not a possible stalker. Are you kidding? I can't take any more information about what's going on. Oh, what a dinner. Poor ladies, they really hashed it out like what we saw. You know, I think there's only one person that can really put a nice, gigantic bow around this whole season. And I'm talking about Miss Vanessa Sebastian herself. Check out my interview with her. Hi, John, how are you? Hey, Vanessa, so sorry about having to postpone this a little bit. I hope it wasn't too much of an inconvenience. Oh, no, no, it's totally fine. It's, you just interrupted my workout, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm only kidding, I'm only teasing, you know, it's fine. <laughs> Good, so I'm so thrilled to finally be talking to you, right? Saving the best for last. Oh, thank you. That's actually, actually I was thinking that too, you know. Not for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we have been chatting all season on Twitter. We've got a lot in common, including we're both Native Americans. I know. Isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful. And we both have casinos. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> of course, looking at your casino, my casino is still a little baby. It's growing. You know what, though? Rome wasn't <laughs> built in a day. It's, it's baby steps. You know, our True. casino also, it wasn't, True. it didn't start off that way, so. Well, we're just going to keep adding water at Chinook Winds and hope we get bigger. All right. 
So, Vanessa, you, I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know if I have enough time <laughs> to bring everything up. <laughs> we could be here forever. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We need a weekend at Foxwood with some cocktails. But, you know, I do want to start with kind of how things kind of started beginning with you. And it began with Susanna. Sure. With a pant suit gate. It yeah. made it into Andy's clubhouse. Yes, we saw the doll. Yeah, actually, and she lives on. She's still in the clubhouse on the shelf. (laughs) She does live on. So we kind of saw, you know, on on the series, um, as far as you know, Susanna got the same pantsuit. She called to kind of let you know jokingly to kind of give you a heads up. What exactly happened? You didn't seem like the, the heads up was enough. You know, the thing is, is... Susanna has, you know, she's very methodical and everything that she does is very calculating. So I knew um, prior to her showing up that she had kind of been brainstorming about different ways to bring attention to herself um, and actually to me. And, you know, I've always been one that I just wanted to be authentic and real. Um, And so basically what happened was, so long story short, she you know, wanted, I'm sure, to bring attention to herself and the shop that, um, you know, gave her the jumpsuit. And so I think she kind of, like, plans to wear the same jumpsuit as a means to do that. And I think in all actuality, that is a pure example of karma. And it's unfortunate because you don't do that, you know. And it was very difficult for me because, unlike Susanna, you know, I felt like she was my friend. And... Um, so for her to show up in the same exact outfit um, as me, it was very, it was not only disrespectful, but it was hurtful too. Um, but more importantly, I think I knew and I realized the motive behind her wearing the same outfit. So, and that was very troubling to me. Because you don't do that for, you don't do that to a friend. And then to have to call your friend and say, oh yeah, and by the way, I'm going to wear the very same outfit. Like the thought, you shouldn't even have to call your friend because the thought should not come across your mind. You shouldn't even, like, you, you shouldn't buy it. You raise a very good point, or at least wear it on another day when you're not around. Yeah, <laughs> like the thought should have never, we should have never even gotten to the point of the phone call because that's not what friends do. You know, the minute you know that you're wearing even a potential outfit that your friend could possibly have that's similar, you just you just don't go there. So, I mean, obviously, now, she, if- she wanted attention. She got attention. It's probably it didn't work to her benefit because the legacy of that jumpsuit now will forever live on in the clubhouse. It will. It was, it was quite a scene and early on. Now, I know uh, Shelly's one of your besties, and I know Shelly has a wicked sense of humor because I interviewed her just before I interviewed you a few days ago. Um, she did bring up about you guys being not salt and pepper, but pepper, do you think it kind of egged it on a little bit? Because you guys seemed like you were kind of calm and then. Oh, no, 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 I don't think oh, that, we oh, weren't, oh. we weren't calm. We had just traveled, you know, seven and a half, eight hours, you know, across the country. And, you know, mm-hmm. I just was, I was really, you know, I was hurt. I was angry. I was just, you know, I was filled with a lot of emotion, you know, so I was just, yeah. and I was just. It, not, for, not for nothing, it pissed me off, you know, and so, you know, and then at one point, and, 
you know, in our travels on the airplane, she had, you know, obviously she had taken something where her heart was racing and she wasn't feeling good. So she comes running up to the front of the plane where Shelly and I were sitting and she's like, oh my God, my heart is racing. I don't know what's wrong. I, you know, I took something to help me relax. And, you know, and I was very kind and I was cordial and I helped her. And, um, and here we are sitting with like one big, like mosh posh of the same print because she's sitting on my lap. And, you know, and I was calm and I was nice and I was gracious, um, but I was also just very, very mad. And so it kind of, we landed in Arizona and here she is traipsing and, you know, I knew she was a little embarrassed oh. about it because she definitely wasn't, you know, she wasn't working that jumpsuit at all. So, okay, so I, I totally pictured in my mind the hodgepodge with her sitting on your lap. Yeah, it was hilarious. Wow, we did that now. Yeah, and so, and that then, was... you know, when I'm there, it's just like, you know, it's got, it's the elephant in the room. It needed to be addressed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's starting to make a lot more sense. Speaking of pissed off, let's jump right into the bet. You girls made a bet. You were kind of, Shelly was kind of giggling that she won. I personally didn't think it was that harmful, but then. Nick freaks out. Nick's dad, that we learn later, threatens Susanna. But then Lynn's being threatened. Very, very confusing. Yeah, you know, you can't make this shit up. Like seriously, (laughs) (laughs) you know. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a bet. It was an honest, and honestly, it was, it it became, I know for me personally, it became more about the prizes and less about the people involved. I know some of the other girls were very disheartened about the bet. You know, it's lighten up a little bit, ladies. It was just a bet. It was a joke. It was not, it was, but there was also an element of honesty to it as well. You know, um, I think if I'm going to put a wager in and there's, you know, not for nothing, there's some nice prizes involved. You want to win the bet, you know, so you want to make sure you, you know, you're betting on, you know, something that you believe in. And, and I know that's difficult to hear, you know, but the way I look at it is like this. You can love and cheer on your favorite football team because, you know, I was, um, unlike, you know, what Susanna had said that I was mentoring her, I really did mentor Lorianne. I mentored Lorianne for Mrs. Connecticut America, and I mentored Lorianne for Mrs. America. And, you know, I know Lorianne really struggled with the fact that if I, you know, was her mentor, how could I not believe in her? And while that seems true, I also, as you have seen, I'm very honest, and I definitely keep it real. And, you know, the way I see it is you love your football team. You go to your football team every single, you know, Sunday and you cheer them on. But you know they now just made it into the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl team that they're going to win is, you know, going to kill them. Does that, you know, you're still going to cheer for them. You're still going to wear their jersey. But if you've got to put money out there, you've got to put like this big bet out there, you're going to just keep it real. And you're going to be like, okay, you know what? Not for nothing. But maybe the New York Giants are going to actually, you know, hammer my team. Listen, I I totally get it. I am a comic myself. You know, you see shows like Last Comic Standing. They have to sit there and say, I know I'm funnier than so-and-so. It's a contest. Yeah, it was there. Just not a... everyone's gonna yeah, not everyone's gonna win. But you know, there were a few things that you said about Leah and you you know those emphasis those emphasis words. Right. And we've got Cancer Ruby tweeted at Cancer Ruby One says, Please ask Vanessa, do you think 
that maybe you're a little two-faced because you weren't being a true friend to Leah at that time. At the time, which time? During the bat? During the bat, yeah. Um, no, I, I was not two-faced. I don't believe that I was two-faced. Um, okay. What I had said, um, you know, what I said about Leah about being like a 40 footer or the little snarky comments that I made, you know, I probably shouldn't have said them in said them in retrospect because I didn't mean them at the time. Um, and well, I, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that I didn't mean them. I, I, I should be, just, I need to just own it. I just shouldn't have said it. You my, know? Yeah, I, I get owning it, but my impression is that you really weren't that good of friends. No, I'm, I, I wasn't. At this kind of became. No, I was not that good of friends, this. and that's that's a very interesting point. Is I was not that yeah. good of friends with Leah, but regardless of whether or not I was good friends with her or just even friendly with her, it's not something you want to say about a friend. So from that perspective, I need to own it and just say, you know, I probably shouldn't have said that. However, we were not really, really, really good friends at that time. Um, we didn't develop a real friendship until after that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Until after we got back from Mrs. America. But nice. regardless, oh. regardless of whether we were really good friends or she was just, you know, someone that I was friendly with, I, I just, I shouldn't have said that about her, but I, not for nothing, it was kind of funny. It, it was kind of funny. Again, I kind of have a wicked sense of humor myself. I, I do, and people, things, right, and people have said things least, about but, me that, I mean, yeah. not for nothing that, you know, I may not have appreciated, but it was, it's kind of funny. Well, you know what? You own it, right? Yeah, and you can't take it too serious. You can't take this stuff too serious. You really can't, especially when you had your sit down with Lynn. And you were, you guys were kind of talking about Lynn kind of throwing you guys under the bus. Yeah. And she says, you know, and then you, and then you walk off with your peace pipe. And I was like, whoa. Oh, she said peace pipe one more time. <laughs> you know, I was like, let me tell you, John, if I only had oh, a tomahawk in my back pocket. <laughs> I don't I, know if you saw my recap of that, but I had a tomahawk in my hand. Oh my so, God. That's hilarious. Because yeah, I was, just, I, she must have said it. You know, at least three times. Like, you're going to go off with Leah and smoke your peace pipe. And I just, I kind of honestly, like, you say it once, it's, it's a little bit of a joke. You say it twice, I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm partially offended. But then you say it, like, three times, I'm like, okay, now this is just a racial slur, and I have an issue with this. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I know I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, That's but okay. I have to get to this. Sure. Because after... You and Suzanne kind of had that. She came to you with the apology and the infamous lip gloss. I don't know. All my friends are imitating that. I pick fights with people just or they just so they can apologize to me and I can put my lip gloss on. I'm telling you, did you see the spoof that Andy Cohen did on Watch What Happens Live? Yes. Yes. It was hilarious. It's actually, there's a YouTube video of it um, on the Clubhouse. It's on the Clubhouse YouTube channel. It's hilarious. So... So, so funny. We have Heather at Miss Pinky Chichi asks, I'd be interested to know more about Vanessa's sister. My sister? You have a sister? Yeah. Um, I have two sisters, actually. Okay. okay. I, I have two older sisters. One is my sister, Katri, and the other one is my sister, Tanya. And I'm very close to both of them. They both have children that I'm very close to. And... And I adore them. Awesome. 
Last question. I know we got to wrap it up. Christina has been very kind to me to let, let this interview keep going. And I've got a million other questions too. You know, with everything that you kind of experienced um, with reality TV, what, how, how is things? What are the, some of the positive negatives that you've experienced? Well, I think, you know, you have to just remember that the cameras do not lie. That's the one thing. And I think that if you are true and you are authentic to yourself, then that's how you're going to come across. You're going to come across as true and authentic. And I think you have to also have really tough skin. Some people are going to like it. Some people aren't going to like it. And I think that, you know, I'm probably a lot to handle. I do have a really big personality. Um, and, you know, I, I, it's been an amazing experience. Um, but I think the one big thing that I've learned through all of this is that you have to stay true to who you are. You have to stay true to who you are. You cannot um, pretend to be something that you're not because the bottom line is the cameras will catch it. The cameras will capture it. And so it's, and that's probably the the biggest thing that I learned is that you have to stay true. would, Would you agree a lot of reality celebrities say, you know, it's really important if you're going to be on a reality show you really need to know who you are as a person first before you go on one. Would oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you also have to, you know, you know, we all have our you know, big personalities or we wouldn't be on TV. And I think that we also um, are very secure. But as you know, being secure with yourself and where you fit in, um, it yeah. varies between people. So you have to be very secure with who you are. You know, you have to know your self-worth. Because there are, it's hard. I mean, it's, there's, you know, there's a lot of people who love you. And then there are some people, you know, and sometimes some of that, the distaste or the, some people that, you know, the negativity that you get, which isn't a lot, it comes from, you know, a lot of times people that you know, and sometimes, you know, even your own cast members. Oh, absolutely. Or your close inner circle. Or your close inner circle. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, we learned not only do you have a funny, wicked personality, we also learned that you're a breast cancer survivor. Yes. We also got to see you take a fabulous limo to your checkup where you got a clean bill of health. Yes. How are you doing? How's your health? Uh, my health is actually great. I'm doing really well. Sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is a struggle because I'm on, you know, tamoxifen. And so I'm on a medication um, every mm-hmm. single day. And um, at the time that we were filming, I actually was just informed that they wanted me um, to take the medication for not five years, but 10 years. And it's a really difficult medication to take. But, you know, I take it. I deal with it. I take it one day at a time. I'm extremely grateful. I feel really blessed. And I'm just happy to be healthy and alive. Well, we're happy you're healthy and alive, too. Vanessa, thank you so much for chatting with me. I really appreciate you taking the time out to chat with us. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. It was, I was really looking forward to speaking with you, especially because you're Native American. So I always kind of felt like, I always, I always feel like we had a little bond. (laughs) We do. And I was so excited to get to know you this season. We are crossing our fingers that Game of Crowns is renewed. And thank you so much. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate your time. You have a great weekend. Oh my gosh, did I not tell you the only person that can wrap up this season is Vanessa. Holy moly. Vanessa, my bags are packed. I'm on my way right now to Foxwood Casinos to meet you. So excited. All right, guys. 
that's our final recap. I hope you've enjoyed us covering the season. We are so excited to be a Bravo exclusive insider, bringing you just exclusive content and interviews with the ladies. Um, it's been so much fun. We're crossing our fingers that Game of Crowns is renewed for a second season because if this is the first season, can you imagine what next season's going to be like? Don't forget to, on Thursday night is a secret reveal of Game of Crowns. So check that out. Check out our, our website at yourrealityrecaps.com slash bravo for all of our Bravo content, not just Game of Crowns. And until then, bye guys! And it's another way.